welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. You're the Cubs won another series and the Field of Dream Games, home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue. You can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez, and I know the Cubs. I make bingo cards for national games and more at Bleed Cubby Blue, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny? Ah, uh, man, it's been a tough weekend. I've been trying to wash my eyes uh, after seeing that Harry Carey hologram, and it just I can't I can't get them clean. I don't know what's going on here. It's uh, I can't unsee that, and uh, unfortunately, I think I might be ruined forever. I might be the only person who didn't hate it. Like I just <laughs> I didn't expect it to be good. So when it was mediocre, I was like, yeah, that's mediocre, and it's great. Like Harry Carey is singing the the stretch in Iowa. Now they should have done later Harry Carey. I don't know why they went with like 1972 Harry Carey or something like, cause that was clearly like Harry pre a lot of beer at Wrigley field. Yeah. Right? It's, uh, our friend Joe Kilgallen had some great lines about it. Um, he was like, he was like that uh, sport coat he had didn't have a single wrinkle in it. He's like the Harry I knew, you know, had stains in it and it was all wrinkled up from being on rush street all night. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's they've been trying with this hologram or whatever. I don't know if I'm using even the correct terminology for what it was that they showed us. But, uh, you know, they've done it with Michael Jackson. They've done it with um, Tupac. They've done it uh, with um, Whitney Houston. And, you know, the general consensus is we don't like it. Nobody likes holograms. <laughs> They're creeped out by them. They're weird. I mean, but yeah, I didn't hate it. I What I enjoy is that it was controversial and we have something fun to make fun of and talk about <laughs> as opposed to the current Cubs team, which, hey, solidly in third place after this series win. The Reds, they're taking a back seat in the Central. Yeah, that, th- that third place race is going to be is going to be quite the thing. Let's jump right into it. I mean, I looked at fan graphs this morning. And the Cubs are now on pace for a 70 and 92 record. So they, they mm. soared past that 69 season all the way to 70. They keep this up. They might win 72 or 73 games, Danny. It's not nice, but um, you want to see the guys that are going to be here next year finish strong. If that means winning games, then so be it. We're playing really bad teams right now. The Reds are totally decimated ever since the trade deadline. Uh, the Cubs less so, to be honest, just because Jed couldn't get any big deal done, really. So, um, you know, the Reds did manage to do quite a few deals. Um, the Washington Nationals, who we face now twice within this span, just traded the best player in baseball to the Padres. So, you know, I don't really know what I'm looking at at this point as far as the wins go, but you want to see the players do well. Oh my God. One note about that nationals Padres trade. So the Padres played the nationals this weekend out in DC and something was wrong with the scoreboard in DC. Like they just hadn't done an update or something. And so there was like weird technological issues going on the whole time. But apparently at one point during the game, Juan Soto's face was just like huge and frozen on the scoreboard for like an inning. Just like nothing else going on except Juan Soto's face just frozen there. And I'm like, my God, the haunting has already begun. This this train <laughs> to haunt the Nationals forever. And it has begun with Juan Soto's face just looming over this Nationals Padres game. It was it was pretty funny stuff. The curse of the childish Bambino. I'm telling y'all, that's what it's gonna be called, and it's gonna be great. 
Uh, let's talk about some Cubs games that were not cursed. They went to the Field of Dreams. They played some baseball. Drew Smiley was great again. Uh, I, I'm kind of stunned the Cubs didn't get any offers on Drew Smiley. He threw five innings, four hits, no runs, none of them earned. Uh, two walks, nine Ks, looked outstanding. I mean, Drew Smiley can can throw. I wouldn't hate to see the Cubs like keep him around for one more year, assuming that somebody doesn't offer him a multi-year deal. Well, we, I was talking about this on Twitter this morning with Full Count Tommy, Stan, Bleacher Nation, because Stan had something about how they're going to like DFA him so that somebody will definitely pick him up. So you're basically trading him for cash just so he can play with a contender because all they have on him is some like mutual nebulous $1.5 million option that nobody knows will be exercised. Like, and we rehabbed him. So we twice, well, not, not twice. The one time we rehabbed him from Tommy John, but I thought that was the craziest thing. I was like, what, what are you talking about? They're like, no, we're known as a place to rehab pitchers and all this stuff. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like what? Just a bunch of scrap heap arms. Like it was the strangest conversation that I didn't think I was going to have when I woke up this morning about Drew Smiley. I was more like, I can't believe they couldn't get anything for him. Like you just said, because if it is just some weird nebulous mutual option that may or may not be exercised by either party, then what are we doing here, Jed? Like this guy goes out there in the field of dreams game, strikes out nine reds, in five innings, has an ERA under four. He throws with his left hand, and you're telling me you couldn't get anything? I mean, he had starts since he coming back. Did yeah, he? he had a couple. That, he had a couple that were pretty solid. It just wasn't a ton of work. It was like two good starts as opposed to like well, it, a whole look, season or whatever. I'm looking at it. It was two good starts out of four. He did give up five runs to the Giants on the road. But they're not going to, they're not going to DFA him for cash. Why? I don't know why you would do that. Like, I mean, I guess it's more than you would get if you held on to him and he rejected the mutual option. But like, I, we are not a team that just randomly DFGs guys so they can go get a ring somewhere. What is that? That's no, well, exactly well, that. <laughs> he had, he had, he's had two starts since the trade deadline. And in those two starts, he's gone 11.2 innings and given up zero runs while striking out 13. Okay. Before the trade deadline, he had four starts. Uh, it wasn't quite as good. So, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it wasn't. But he had at least one start in there. And it was the start against Philly on July 24th. He goes six innings, uh, two runs, one of them, only one earned. And, and he goes six, but the start after that, right before the trade deadline against the Giants was bad. He gives up, gives up five runs. Uh, so, uh, you know, but still like, it's not like you're going to take one start and be like, oh, he doesn't have it anymore. You know, like it's freaking Drew Smiley. Like he was on the Braves last year. He won. He's got a ring on his finger from last year. He uh, has a not the strongest pedigree in the world, but like, you know, he had definitely worked his way back from that injury. And to, and when you're looking at his numbers this year, it was average. Like at the trade deadline, he had an ERA of around four, you know, like that's doable. You can't, you can't get anything for him, but a bag of balls. Are you kidding me? And now they're going to just DFA him just for, for reasons. Well, I mean, Okay, who's who's got this DFA rumor? Like Stan Crusette. 
Okay. I, I don't know if that's his real name, but Bleacher Nation was on it. He retweeted it. Then freaking Full Count Tommy got in on it. We're talking about Cubs Twitter. Sarah's looking now. She's like, I got to take a look at this <laughs> nonsense because that's what I thought. Nonsense. And then I'm like, well, these guys usually know what they're talking about. At least they do as far as like contract stuff or I mean, maybe it's just a, a wild kind of conspiracy theory that they're throwing out there. But I mean, is this 3D chess I'm looking at or is it look at my replies? You'll see. I mean, I went off with a bunch, a bunch of people, but I don't get it. I don't understand how they couldn't get anything for Drew Smiley. But now I hope that the idea is that we do would exercise this option. You know, because I do kind of believe in Drew Smiley and the Cubs obviously do, too. They had him for two years. They paid him seven million dollars just to heal his arm from Tommy John. So. Oh, this is. um, It's an Arizona Phil rumor. It's not. Yeah, that's how it started. It's an Arizona Phil rumor that gives it a little bit more credibility to me, but I'm reading it carefully really fast. Yeah, no, it's crazy to me. And because he pitched really well in this game, you know, in the Field of Dreams game, that's a big stage to be on. It didn't seem too big for him either. Yeah, I like Drew Smiley. Like, he's got a 369 ERA right now. Uh, He's got 61 strikeouts and 70.2 innings. It's been decent. I mean, the health is an issue. You're going to, you know, I don't think he's going to lead any ro- rotation. I don't think he's worth a lot of money. But as far as rotation depth, like he was supposed to be this year, and p- possibly a trade chip, which he didn't end up being. Like, you know, it's just like I kind of just want to get something out of that seven mil they paid him just to heal his arm. The thing about the outright waivers move is it's weird because like you can't guarantee who would take him, right? Like the the teams get to take based on their record, I think, and so or based on their waiver wire order or wherever that is. But like, I I mean, like why would, there's no guarantee that he would get to the team that is asking the Cubs to wave. I don't know. Like that's a weird, that's some weirdness. I, I'm not going to get too worked up over it. If Smiley's still here tomorrow, that's great. And if Smiley's not still here tomorrow, whatever. Um, It would be weird. It would be very weird. Uh, There were no long balls into the corn this year. That's probably a function of the Cubs and Reds not being particularly great at baseball but Wilson Contreras scared me to death on that play running around second I really thought that they had lost him for the rest of the season with a high ankle sprain and he somehow stayed in the game like walked off under his own power stayed in the game caught seven more innings and then played on Friday and caught again so I think Wilson is fine is Wilson fine Danny I can't tell if he's hurt or not um First of all, it makes me think that the Cubs have no interest in re-signing Wilson Contreras for the fact that they let him stay in the game. They're like, your funeral, I don't care. Let some other team pay less for you after you play on a high ankle sprain. You know, I I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to up his worth. Look at me. I'm on a national stage and I'm, I'm such a badass and, you know, nothing can take me out of baseball. But if you're the trainer and then he played the next day and the next day. I mean, you know, that looked terrible. Now it was one of those walk it off, rub some dirt on it situations, I guess. But why are you taking chances with the health of this man's leg? I don't get it. He's clearly the anti Chris Bryant. Like Chris Bryant (laughs) would have like 
perceived that a high ankle sprain was coming and stopped short and then been on the IL for like 15 days. Wilson Contreras, on the other hand, is like rolling on the ground in pain. And then all of a sudden he's like, nah, I'm in. I'm not, I'm not leaving this game. And then uh, he's get- hit a home run since then. Like, I can't be too upset about it, but he just, I don't know. He does kind of look like he's walking and running a little gingerly out there. And, and clearly, I don't think that they would let him just play through it if there was real damage being done, but also like, I don't know, Danny, I, that didn't look good. I, it, it's all a big head scratcher. He also got nailed in the, in the family jewels in yeah, this I saw that. series. That was, that was that, yeah. That was like, it, it was, the, I think it was the next game. It was, like, it was the, it was the Saturday game, I think. Yeah. So yeah, he's taking a beating back there. And I mean, I'm just like, oh, the Cubs just don't care what happens to him. It seems. Um, Yeah. Uh, but hey, that was a, that was a good game though. That, uh, feel the dreams game. And I, as cynical as I was about like kind of the, the trumped up sort of false spectacle of it all, like literally the movie, if you build it, they will come. And so they're going to build it and they're making people come pay 600 bucks for it. I had a little bit of a diatribe on our last show about it, but you know, about what money is for, but looking at the pictures, our friend Crawley was there. Stuart McVicker was there. A lot of our friends. Captain Cubbo went. Uh, Ronnie Woo Woo ma- made it, managed. I don't know if he got in, but he was there. And looking at the pictures, it looked beautiful. It looked like a lot of fun. It was a unique experience. And it was a good game. A 4-2. to two, Cubs j- jump on early. Um, they didn't really add after that, which has been their way this year. You'll say, hey, let's score a bunch of runs in the first inning and then do nothing for the next eight. But... um that's kind of what happened in this game, but Reds kind of tried to climb back in, but Wick looked like the closer that he's supposed to be uh, in this one. And that's good because he had early troubles and he's going to be on the team next year. So, uh, you know, it was, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this more than my cynicism usually lets me enjoy things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I mean, I, I, I think that it's kind of they're trying to commodify and sell some nostalgia there. And I, I'm usually skeptical of that. But it was a fun game. It was a beautiful, beautiful backdrop. The uh, harvest moon in the background, the full moon that was kind of coming up orange was was just gorgeous. And I mean, the Cubs won. I mean, it's probably the biggest game that the Cubs will play in this year. And I, <laughs> they won it. So that was great. Um, I did notice that some people were criticizing the ratings being down from last year. Look, people like year two of an event is always going to be lower than year one. Uh, Maury Brown over at Forbes had some really good level setting here that this actually was a very highly rated baseball. Game. It was the highest rated uh, non-weekend baseball game all season in 2022. So it's not like the Cubs and Reds didn't deliver because they're bad. It's more like it's the second year and it was going to be less than the Yankees. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's gimmicky. So people were like, oh, cool. They're doing a Field of Dreams game. I mean, maybe it should be like one at once every four years. So it doesn't kind of dull it down. It just like in the same way, I feel like the balanced schedule next year where the Cubs will play every team in the other team in the major leagues. Well, it kind of dulls down the idea that every four years we play the Yankees at Wrigley field or whatever it is, because now it's just going to be pretty much all the time and it won't be that interesting. And that's how humans work with their interest. Ooh, it's new and shiny. <laughs> Let's look at it. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much staying power a expensive game in the corn <laughs> is going to be, especially when the nearest hotel is an hour away and, uh, people like drinking beer at games. 
Yeah, totally. It's going to be the DUI game is what it's going to end up being. Yeah, totally. I <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's more like the location. The location is, is far enough away that there's probably zero chance I'm ever going to try to make this work. I just feel like spending, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars on transportation and a hotel to stay in the middle of nowhere to watch a game in the corn. I mean, Al wrote about how um, long the line. Yeah, of course Al went. Al always... Al wasn't going to miss this for anything. Um, but he wrote about how long the line was to get into the park because it's just not equipped to handle like 8,000 people coming to a game. Uh, and even though that's what it was built for, like it just took them a long time to get to the parking lot itself, you know, and you could see this like, it was very much like the movie. People will come like long lines of cars waiting to get to the ballpark. Let's talk about the rest of this series. Saturday's game was pretty great. Uh, the Cubs won 7-2. to It was not the best start by Adrian Samson, but it didn't matter. The bullpen held the damage, and Fran Mill, Ian Happ, and Wilson Contreras all went yard in this game, which you love to see. Yeah, the uh, I mean, how about Ian Happ and his numbers against the Reds? Like twenty five percent of his homers are against one team. That's insane. So many home runs at Great American Ballpark. That that was his sixteenth uh, career home run there. And I mean, yeah, they and Wilson going oppo at the end, like, you know, it's just like that's a good old fashioned Reds slogging at the at the GABP, you know, so I I, I did enjoy this one. Um, yeah, Samson, I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. It, it, you know, he didn't pitch well. I mean, the eyeball test says eh, that wasn't that great of a start. And then you look down at his line. And it's what it two runs, and that's it. Hey, look, I was thinking about this. I'm like, ah, Samson didn't have the greatest start. And also, like, I don't expect him to do this at all. He's not supposed to be here, and like he was supposed to be bullpen depth. So keep it up, Adrian Samson. You're just killing it right now. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I'll have what he's having. You know, I mean, it's I mean, he only went goes the four innings, is you'd kind of like to see him eat a few more, but I mean, I'm surprised. I mean, Adrian Sampson wasn't supposed to have any innings. So, uh, right. and then if he was even a two inning guy reliever, you'd be happy. So, um, also, uh, Sean Newcomb. This was such a weird line, Danny. I want to make sure we talk about it. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, two, two innings pitched, five strikeouts, and two walks. And he came in. And struck out the side when it really mattered. Like, yeah, with runners on, that was great. Yeah, so were the bases loaded? They might have even been loaded. So he came in and and freaking shut it down. But the two walks, I don't know. Like it, that is kind of strange. I mean, just like nobody is hitting the ball against him. So I don't we know. Call if, effectively wild, Danny. Effectively wild. Yeah, and uh, I, I've kind of heard rumors again that some people are like, oh, they're not cracking down on the sticky icky as much as they once were. So. That could have something to do with that, but maybe not. I mean, they're not checking for it as much. I mean, if I've had a seen that I've been to a couple of games now by the dugouts and you can just sort of see them doing a cursory glance at somebody's hands. Now that said, they could check more anytime they wanted to, I suppose. So it's not like there's still a mechanism in place to deter people, but they're just, they're kind of glancing at people's hands and letting them walk away, which is like not the check. It's not even like the flip your hands over, show us your hat that they used to do. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's and probably different umpires do it differently. So, uh, you know, just one of those things that they I mean, they allowed it in the first place. It technically wasn't illegal to do certain steroids at one point, you know, and so 
they, they're always chasing this stuff around depending on what they want to do. And apparently that's what they want to do. So that's what they're doing. So, wow. I mean, speaking, the, the, you know, speaking of steroids, Fernando Tatis wishes that Clobastol or whatever, Clostabel or Cloba, whatever, I don't know how you say it and I don't know what it is. Uh, whatever that is, he wishes that was on the list of steroids that were no longer. That is just the worst, man. Like, Fernando, get yourself together. Stop riding motorcycles in the off season. Go to doctors and get your stuff taken care of and, and don't do drugs that you don't know what they are. Like only take prescriptions from the team doctor. This seems pretty basic. Yeah. And you wonder if I wonder if they already knew and that's why they went and got Soto. You know, I wondered that too, but AJ Preller seemed legitimately like upset and newly disappointed when he did his remarks about how they needed to get to a place of trust with Tatis and all this stuff. I mean, it did not sound like a GM who had the, who had all this information in his back pocket. I don't know, but either could way. be people know how to lie real well. Uh, <laughs> they <true>. really do. <laughs> uh, the Cubs lost the finale at great American ballpark five to eight. It was one of those games where you just sort of, it was a Cincy special, right? Like the runs kept yeah. coming on both sides and the Cubs were the last ones without scoring. And so they, they lost, um, Keegan Thompson got kind of rocked in this game. I, I saw some speculation from some of our friends on Twitter that he might just be hitting the wall. He's at a season high in innings. I think he may also just have gotten great American ballpark. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens to Thompson in his next start. Well, I was listening on the radio um, to, uh, and Coom Dog said that it, Thompson right there in the second inning, there was a kind of, of a flash storm right while he was on the mound. And from that point on, he couldn't get a grip and he was missing up. And uh, just, you know, he walked a couple guys. He ended up with three walks and then he was out of the game. Um, gave up the four runs. It, and I was it all in that inning? Yeah, it was. So it, I, I think the wall might have been the rain. I mean, you got to fight through that stuff, obviously, and it's going to be part of the game. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, that could be one excuse uh, as well. Just uh, another excuse, I should say. There might be a couple things going on with Keegan. But, yeah, I mean, Keegan's given us what he can this year. I'm not saying you shut him down, but you should be protecting him at this point. And so I'm glad they got him out of the game because what do they have, like 40 pitches in the in one of the innings? Even the first inning, I think he had a lot of pitches. And so ends up 1.2 innings pitched, 70 pitches. Yeah, get him out of there. You don't care if you win. You just want this guy to be good for you next year. And um, yeah, Espinosa came in and, and mopped up the game. He also gave up a bunch of runs. So it wasn't, it wasn't like he was great, but he threw two point two innings, uh, ended up taking the loss in this one. Patrick Wisdom, Jan Gomes, and Christopher Morell all went deep. And Fran Mel Reyes did not go deep, but that man continues to crush baseballs. Every time I look up, he's hitting a ball 109 miles an hour which is absurd. I, he just gnashes the ball. I, I have no idea why the guardians got rid of him. No, no clue. It, it, I mean, if the Cubs do, the Cubs do dumb stuff like that too. So it, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise that uh, they would get rid of an awesome player and just let him go somewhere else for nothing. But it's really reminding me of Kyle Schwarber. It's just, it, it, you know, it might not be the exact same thing, but it certainly does rhyme that situation so yeah I heard, you know, go, go ahead, ahead. No, i was gonna say i heard some speculation on one of the fantasy baseball podcasts that i listened to that something must have happened that something must have happened in-house in cleveland that led to franwell getting getting play, dfa'd that they're just not telling us what the story is because they thought it was super weird too 
he was uh he was uh got in trouble for breaking covid protocols last year so maybe he's a bit of a rogue <laughs> i don't know there might have been something going on and we might find out and we might not but um you know either way he'll do it again we we know that is that you know tigers don't usually change their stripes too often so well it, uh, he's mashing baseballs while it, while he's fun. doing it. It, it yeah until he has some sort of affront to the team and the fan base we'll just enjoy the high exit velo yeah right uh it sounds like uh some prospect news really quick it sounds like brennan davis is on the way back to playing baseball this week which is great news after he had um back surgery that was not skeletal it was it was to remove a vascular formation that was pushing on a nerve and and it's about as good of a outcome for back surgery at 22 as a, as a person can have. I, I will be curious to see what happens with Davis. If you remember, he was kind of struggling at the start of the season because that nerve issue was causing pain in his legs that he couldn't deal with. So it'd be interesting to see if he comes back strong. Yeah. And that's an understatement of struggling uh, because he was absolutely terrible. I mean, in 2022, he only he was uh, slashing 195, 286, 299 for an OPS of 584. Um, that was only in 22 games. But if you compare that to his previous numbers, I mean, even at AAA, uh, it, last year he had a uh, OPS of 933. So nearly double. Um, and that's good. It, you know, we're going to need – I don't know what the future of Ian Happ is. Um, Christopher Morrell came on in the outfield as a surprise. He's been playing a little third base now too. But um, – you know, Brendan was supposed to be a huge part of this pipeline. So him working his way back at the end of the season, that's nothing but positive news. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I'm hoping that Brennan Davis will pick up right where he left off in 2021. And now that this nerve issue is behind him, he'll just, you know, be be good to go. We'll see what ends up happening there. I couldn't agree with you more about what a surprise Christopher Morrell has been play him more for the love of God. Like stop doing the sitting him every third game thing. He doesn't need it. He's fine. He's 23 years old. Just let the kid play sit Zach McKinstry or Nick Madrigal or whatever. Let Christopher Morrell play. <laughs> Everybody's getting the tryout. I think they're all just getting equal playing time to see it's, it, you they're know, not equal players though. Christopher Morrell has an OPS that is flirting with 800 and Zach McKinstry has an OPS under 500. Like these are not, why David Ross is giving all of them like equal starting time is ridiculous to me. Well, it's because it's spring training. You're watching spring training games and you're pl playing major league prices. Um, I mean, I made, I have a spring training hat that it says spring training on it. And there's a Cubs logo and I covered up the spring with duct tape and I wrote fall on it because that's, and, it, and this was last year that I did this because that's what I was looking at from pretty much the trade deadline until the end of the year. And that's what we're looking at this year. We have three months of spring training per year now and three and maybe one month of competing, which is April until they figure out that they're not, they're going to sell. And then, you know, that's, I guess what the next few years are going to look like because Full on rebuilds are basically like this. And it's, I mean, not to bring it down, but that's where we are. So let's just enjoy seeing if Zach McKinstry is any good, I guess, if you can. All right. But I well, agree. I'd rather watch more L play. 
I mean, I just I just don't think it's worth pretending that Zach McKinstry and Nick Madrigal have the same upside as Christopher Morrell. They don't. Like, just play them commensurate with their actual upside. Let McKinstry and Madrigal fight it out for playing time. Let Christopher Morrell stay in the lineup. Uh, we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors, but on the flip side, we're going to look at three series, three games. Oh, my goodness. A three-game series against the Washington Nationals in D.C. Let's hope that they've got their scoreboard updated and taken care of so the ghost of Juan Soto doesn't haunt the Cubs series as well. We will also preview this one game makeup game against the Orioles, but first a quick break. All right, we're back. We just saw the Nationals. We're going to see them again. It looks like the pitching matchups for this series will be Marcus Stroman versus Josiah Gray, Justin Steele versus Patrick Corbin, and Drew Smiley against somebody whose last name is Abbott, and I forgot to write his first name, and so I don't know what Abbott's first oh, name is. Oh, it's Corey Abbott. Thank you. <laughs> because, and it's ex-Cub Corey Abbott. Oh, I should have <laughs> known that. How did I not yeah. know that? Because he pitched in like a few games in June last year for, I don't even, I not, he started one. He was just like some bullpen dude. Like, yeah, I mean, it hasn't gone well for Abbott, I don't think. I mean, we we can go in order if you if you'd rather. No, no, we can. Well, we can start with the guy that I totally botched the last name. I was gonna say Cody, but I knew Cody wasn't right. So thank you for for getting me there. I mean, Strowman and Gray. Didn't we just see this matchup? I swear to God, we just saw this matchup we, at Wrigley. We almost did. Strowman pitched in the loss against the National, and Josiah Gray pitched in the finale in the day game. And uh, yeah, he he actually pitched pretty well at six point one innings. Seven hits, two runs, five Ks. Yeah, and Josiah Gray was the one pitcher the Nationals had who I was like, oh, that guy's pretty good. Yeah, well, they got him, I think, in that Scherzer-Turner trade situation. So he's a Dodgers converted shortstop. So, yeah, I mean, I think they've got high hopes for this guy anyway. And then Marcus Stroman, he, yeah, he was not good against the Dodger, uh, against the uh, Nationals. So he only went five and gave up four. So, so maybe this, so maybe we can reverse the reverse it on this one and Stroman can be good and gray can be bad. How would that work? Fine by me because I got, I got a bet riding on this. I think I told you <laughs> it was me and my best friend, Johnny, he's a nationals fan. And uh, one of us has to, the loser has to do a Craigslist gig j- day job, like a one day Craigslist job for money that, and, and there's all sorts of, uh, I mean, really kind of terrible options from head lice checker at a school <laughs> to, um, oh, there's one that uh, is that uh, you could be a superhero like in Ghostbusters, except instead of a, uh, you know, a ghost catching machine, it's a vacuum. <laughs> That's in other words, a, a just go clean stuff. Um, so anyway, the loser has to do that. So I've got a lot riding on this. And here's the other weird thing. Six games, that's it. That's all the Cubs are playing against the Nationals. So it's unbalanced, or it's you can't win. It could tie, is what I'm saying. If it ties, what happens? Is the bet just like is it just oh, neutralized? No, it's a push. Yeah, yeah. The bet neutralizes. Um, I don't think we both have to do a Craigslist <laughs> gig where we're like crawling around in some guy's attic, you know? So yeah, that, that um, would seem bad. I, I don't gamble that much. So I don't, I don't ever understand the terms of these things. Um, Justin Steele, who has looked really, really good lately, just striking, you know, racking up the strikeouts, putting up some quality starts recently against Patrick Corbin. I got to think that this uh, matchup looks like it tilts in the Cubs favor right now. 
Yeah, and especially because Steele was really good against D.C. last time with the nine strikeouts and only two runs. Um, and Patrick Corbin, I, I dare you to Google his name and then click news. <laughs> I don't want to, Danny. Don't yeah. make me do that. No, it, 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 I'll, I will give you the, the cliff notes of it. There is a article called, Is Patrick Corbin Having the Worst Season Ever? There's a article called Patrick Corbin should not be a major league pitcher. And there's an article featuring Patrick Corbin called the 15 biggest disappointments of the MLB season so far. So what you're saying is the Cubs should do well in this game. Yeah, exactly. I'm not looking for a Patrick Corbin bounce back game. Yeah, no, he can, he can save that for later in the season. Drew Smiley will face off against Corey Abbott. What do you see in this matchup, Danny? Um, Well, Abbott is not good. And that's probably why I'm kind of glad he's not in the Cubs. He he uh, lost to the Padres, who were a better team than the Cubs last time he went out there. And he had a 675 earned run average for the Cubs when he pitched for us. So hopefully we can add to his 594 and put him back where he was with us. Um, yeah, and we already talked about Smiley being awesome. So, so yeah, let's uh, unless he gets traded for money and, and, and it's some weird transactional DFA. Um, I, I, mean, I like our chances against the against the Nationals, and I like Johnny's chances of earning some money on Craigslist. That's so weird. I mean, I know I've heard rumors that Wade Miley is coming back next week, and I I would kind of hope that you would like keep Wade Miley and Drew Smiley in the rotation, and maybe let Adrian Sampson head to the bullpen. But maybe the Cubs feel like, whoa, having Wade Miley back, we're just pitching rich, and we can just like trade trade guys for cash or something. I don't know. Um, that. One game Orioles makeup is going to be Adrian Sampson versus Spencer Watkins, according to the dudes over at RotoWire. Obviously, that is subject to tra- change. We talked a little bit about Adrian Sampson, who who has pitched really well for a guy who has not yet earned a win for the Chicago Cubs. The win stat is so broken. Like, I really feel like Adrian Sampson should have gotten a win at some point. What do you see in this matchup, Danny? Well, I did not. Uh, did we face Spencer Watkins before? I'm looking. Oh, we did. And he kind of carved us up. I'm looking at it here. Yeah, this Orioles team is way better than so, they have any right to be, honestly. This is so strange. We're going to face Baltimore twice in Baltimore because it's one of those weird two-game sets, and we're going to face the same guy twice. Oh, no, actually, I'm looking at it here. He faced us here, and he beat us. Uh, he went five innings, four hits, one run, five Ks. So he's he's not as bad as you'd hope an Orioles starter would be. No, the um, Orioles are pretty good this year. Yeah, uh, the strikeouts aren't really there for him. Uh, 72 innings pitched, 46 uh, strikeouts. So, I mean, I don't see why we can't beat him. <laughs> you know, like, he's only going to give you five innings, and then you're into a bullpen that is actually not as bad as you'd hope to. But Dude, speaking, the Orioles are decent. Speaking of the Orioles bullpen, have you seen Felix Bautista's walkout? No, what does he walk I out to? I almost want the Cubs to be losing in the ninth so that Bautista will come out in a save opportunity. He walks out to Omar's whistle from the wire. And they, like, blacken all of Camden. And as the whistle happens, they, like, do lights and stuff. And it's just the whistle. I'm putting it on right it's now. It's so good. Oh, man, that is good. It's honestly, like, I, I, everybody's talking about Edwin Diaz's walkout in New York, and I get it. The trumpets are great, and, like, City Field is bumping, and everybody's excited about it. I think this is better, because the Baltimore connection is so strong, 
And it's just like, it's the whistle. Like, it's the whistle. Yeah, that's a, it, it's a, uh, it's a strange pick, but an appropriate pick. And I think I've often said that you'd be better off in, it, through the art of intimidation by doing something really strange because it will throw people until they get used to it. Cause then it's not strange anymore, but to just do something that is unorthodox that might just change the vibe of the stadium to a point where you're ensuring the other team's failure and your success at the same time. I felt like the Cubs had a lot of that going on in 2016. Like, I don't know if you remember the music that they played before the, uh, game six of the Dodgers series at Wrigley field. I don't know if you remember that it was before the game, but there was such like a chill vibe to it all. It was so strange. And um, I felt like it was, and then that's the game that they just jumped all over Kershaw. Yeah, it was great right away. And, and I was like, it just felt ordained. Like there was something that was like in an energy in the air that it was in, you couldn't permeate it. And there's something music changes your brain. I mean, it matters a lot what's going on. And I, I know that a lot of these players t- tune it out, but I do think, feel like it can have an intimidating factor, you know, when you they're playing like some like heavy rock song as the closer walks in and he's pumped or, or something like this, which might just take you to a place that you don't expect and weird you out to a point that the other team fails. Anyway, right. No, I'm with you. Like, I think that having that, yeah, having that like psychological edge and like, look, the whistle, like the part of the reason I like the whistle is you've got to be very confident in your ability to get three outs without anything bad happening with that walkout. And if you can pull that off, I mean, that is just, that's hat tip, more power to you, right? But I agree with you. There's something psychological about it. And I kind of want to see it in a game situation. I've only seen it in these clips so far. And admittedly, that would probably mean that the Cubs were in a bad situation. But whatever, the Cubs have been in a bad situation all season. So I might as well get to see something cool. Uh, Once again, the Nats have like no hot hitters. Uh, It it is Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt is the only hot hitter for the Nationals back to July 11th. I mean, I guess Juan Soto and Josh Bell were also on this list, but they are Padres now, so they don't count. Uh, Luke Voigt has WRC plus of 115 in the last five weeks. Anything else you're interested in from the Nationals on offense? Uh, There's nothing interesting about the Nationals right now. I mean, there really isn't. They're just, they're a team that's, uh, you know, barely fielding major leaguers at this point. And, um, you know, there should be some punishment (laughs) and it should come from the Cubs by not letting them win any games because I'm still mad that they let them win last week. Otherwise I would have had this thing wrapped up. Yeah, totally. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I'm, I'm rooting for you in your bet against Johnny. Um, let's talk about the Baltimore Orioles hot hitters. Who There are a lot of hot hitters in Baltimore at the moment. Uh, you got Jorge Mateo, Anthony Santander, Adley Rushman, Taryn Vavra. Uh, seems like a new kid on the block. Only 38 plate appearances, but a WRC plus of 130 over those plate appearances. Ramon Urias and Cedric Mullins, the second, all having pretty nice um, five week stints at the plate so far. So what I'm saying is don't throw these guys some cookies. The Orioles are a good team, man. I really feel like if the Orioles were in a less hard division, they'd be doing awesome things. They are eight and four in August. So <laughs> I can't say that for the Cubs. 
Actually, you might be able to say that for the Cubs. The Cubs have oh, been they, pretty good they, in August. No, they started out bad. That's our problem. Like it, it's, I think. Let I don't know. I mean, I'm not looking at it. I just know that they've won three series in I mean, a row. I'm trying so to that, block it. That trying in and of itself is like six and three. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eight and four is the Orioles looking up the Cubs. Sorry. Give me a moment. Live radio, people. Live radio. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm on the wrong stupid page. All right. Hold on. Well, while Danny is looking that up, I'll tell you a little bit about the Cubs hot hitters because there aren't very many of them. Uh, Jan Gomes has a WRC plus of 177 in the last five weeks. Nelson Velasquez has a WRC plus of 146. Nico Horner has WRC plus of 119. But I will tell you that the good news here is that some of those guys who were slumping as we headed in towards the trade deadline seem to be coming back. So their WRC plus numbers are rising, not high enough to make it to this list, but, but on the upswing. So the Cubs are six and six. See, better than you thought they were. Yeah, slightly. Um, but here's the thing about the Orioles. They are 14 and 12 in June. They are 16 and 9 in July. Yeah, they're they are pretty good 8 team. and 4 in August. They haven't had a losing month in three months. Or, well, August doesn't count because we're only halfway through it. But the Cubs have no winning months. So they are actually a much better team because they're in a bad, or we're in a bad division and they're in a good one. So. Indeed. While we're watching the Cubs play one bad team and one team who's not as bad as you think they are, Danny, where can people find you and your Twitter hot takes? Well, follow me at Sonranto, S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O on Twitter. And, uh, you know, we're always doing shows. It's true. Yeah, follow me. Put on the little notification button and then you can hear everything I say. Every now and again, I just like tune in and there's Sonranto live again. They're just like always live. Yeah. Yeah, we are. And we and I've been trying to do more of those Twitter spaces, which have been really great because I love hearing from other fans and letting people have um, Cub fans are smart. There's so many smart Cub fans out there. And uh, I don't know, you guys teach me stuff and I feel like uh, they're great conversations that we have together. So that's another reason to follow on Twitter and put the notifications on. So you always know what I'm saying. It's so important what I'm saying all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if what I'm saying is important, but you can find it at at BCB underscore Sarah. You can also find my writing at bleed cubby blue. You can find everything from the podcast and the references that we are talking about at the podcast account at cup of cubby blue. Danny and I are going to be following this team as they head out out east to take on the nationals for three and the orioles for one and if anything interesting happens you know you'll hear about it here on the next cup of cubby blue till next time